0: Hello and welcome to 5 Questions with Steve Moulter. Today's guest is Jasha Klebe, who's a film and TV composer, uh, former professional gymnast, and a childhood opera singer. This guy does it all. Uh, Some of his highlights from his musical career include being the arranger at the 84th Annual Academy Awards uh, and the composer on Winter on Fire, Diana in Her Own Words, and BBC's Planet Earth 2. He worked alongside Hans Zimmer as well as many other uh, composers in his uh, career. Josh invited me over to his house in West Hollywood, and we got to sit and chat about uh, all sorts of stuff, collaboration, being in love with music, uh, and motivation of creation. He was a generous host and actually gave me a bottle of wine on my way out, which was super nice. Um, I also, you know, of course, asked him five questions, which I do. Uh, anyway, meet Joshua. Well, thank you for your time again. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm sorry you're... Running out of here because this is a nice place. Um, I think the, the first question I have is one about because you're an artist and a composer and you've worked with so many different people, I'm curious how do you approach collaboration? Especially being a composer, because oftentimes composers work alone.
1: Right. I I would say <clears throat> I, I love collaborating. I think that's what art is all about. I think it, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's meant to touch people. It's meant to, you know, work with other people. And, and so I, th- I think, you know, for something like what we did with Planet Earth, that was a perfect example of how uh, I was able to collaborate with someone. And his strengths were most definitely my weaknesses. Right and I, I would say vice versa. And so we really got to be able to I think explore so many other options and bring out so many other di- ideas because we were able to just have a dialogue with each other.
0: Nice.
1: oftentimes as a composer, you'll sit in a room by yourself <laughs> and you know there's there's not much contact with the outside world right. and I, I think that's often a missed opportunity just because there's there's so much you can learn and so much um, more uh you can even pull just out of yourself, just, mm-hmm. just having someone pushing you along totally. as as you're pushing them
0: along as well. It's almost like accountability yes. it comes along with that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. And for the Planet Earth Thing, who was it specifically that you worked with? Jacob Shea. And had you met him before? Had you guys had like history together or not? We had
1: both uh, kind of run along Hans's studio. Right. And mm-hmm. so um we were both then at Bleeding Fingers music. And, but it was the first time we'd ever really worked together. So I think there, it was both kind of a, a tiptoe in the beginning yeah. to kind of figure out, you know, how do you operate in your room? How do right. I operate in my room? And it was very quick to see that we would just, we both had the same end goal. Yeah. We both just wanted to create the best music and, you know, that could have the best effect possible. So yes. I, I think that, you know, as long as you have the same goal at the end, it's, you know, you can really create something great.
0: What's the most difficult thing you've ever had to do?
1: The most difficult thing I've ever had to do, huh? Um, Easy stuff. <laughs> Honestly, I think taking just the the leap down to Los Angeles yeah. was probably the most difficult thing. I, I I think I you know for 20 years of my life I had seen the same space, mm-hmm. and grown up in the, in that, that certain comfort zone, That's right. and this really was a a jump into something entirely new. I'd been in Los Angeles maybe once or twice as a kid, okay. so didn't know anyone, didn't right. know what was to happen next, other than I knew what I wanted to hopefully achieve once mm-hmm. I got here and <laughs> figured it out. So um, I, I think that you know that that was like I would say the biggest risk.
0: Yeah, for sure. In it all, and um, it obviously has worked out pretty well for you. I I so far so, so far so far yeah so, far, so, so. so. Let me say that, yeah. I think every day you know <laughs> you, you kind of hold on to it and yeah. go okay <laughs> let's hope it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> so when you first got here though, like you didn't know anyone, you didn't, you you know, you had one connection, right? Um, right? Like, what were some, what were some feelings you that went through you at that point? I mean, leaving your family, leaving twenty years of your life, like, what were, do you remember, like how that felt, or what you did I, to kind of get through it? I think. I
1: think the moment I arrived, it, I just felt like I had put myself onto a mission of yeah. what I, I knew I wanted my end goal to be. Yeah. And and that was to hopefully find a way to <laughs> use my passion towards music and mm. actually be able to sustain a living off right. of it. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and so I, I think it's, I, I, I put my head down, I was just ready to work. Yeah. And so anything that was thrown my way, I... I just saw it as the next thing I had to climb over and I I think that was um, the mentality I had going into it and I think something like that easily came from my years of experience before where I was a competitive gymnast for uh, 14 years and I think I just been grown up with that sort of mindset that you need to go to this level, you know, learn this skill, therefore you can grow to go to this level and learn this skill. And so I, I think I just applied that same sort of mentality to what was the next part of my life.
0: And yeah. that's I didn't so doing gymnastics, I mean I've always been a fan of sports. I love sports, I love baseball, you know, it's one of my favorites. But I, I I'm a musician as well, and you know, photographer, artist, whatever. I see so many similarities. I mean, as a, an athlete, like I'm not an athlete, as an athlete or f- a former gymnast, what are some parallels that you see between art and the, the art world and the sports world? Right, but you know, you brought up collaboration, yeah. and you know, it, it's
1: it's working together as a team. And yeah. g- gymnastics is definitely about that, and it's about having that 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 support system amongst each other and amongst your peers to because. Right. As far as I'm concerned, you're really nothing, right. you know, in these in these industries that are very can be very brutal without, you know, having the respect and having the support of the people around you, right. um, and providing the same for others. So I, I saw that easily as a parallel, and um, I, I would just say that it, the sheer amount of endurance that's required. And this, um, you know, it's, there's a lot of nothing before maybe something happens, and that's a maybe, yeah, right. you know, maybe, so, right. and I, I think I felt like that always with gymnastics too, you can train very hard, and, you know, sometimes you, you'll, you'll get to that next level, and sometimes, you know, you won't be able to, right. like, you know, it, it just, it takes a lot of time, and a lot of effort, and, right. and a lot of energy, and... Um I mean really I think that's any should be, that's kind of anything in sure. life.
0: Yeah. Um and there's result. not always a guaranteed result. Yeah. Right. I mean it's all it's all about the process. Yeah, you never know what can
1: happen. I mean ultimately my master ended because my body was saying you're done yeah. breaking
0: <laughs> yeah. right. and everything.
1: And um but so I, I, I feel fortunate I had something else to really turn that energy towards and ultimately was, you know, kind of my main passion in my yeah. life.
0: That's awesome. And so yeah. you said you started like you got introduced to music really, really early because of the, your grandparents had the opera house. Is that yeah. what it was? Yeah, So my. So did you start singing first, or was it piano, or how did? It... I
1: started singing first. Um, my grandpa Marvin Clevy, opened a, a theater called Cinnabar Theater in an old schoolhouse in cool. uh, my hometown, Petaluma. Yeah. And he he came from singing at the San Francisco Opera House, and he really wanted to open and a space that uh, made it more accessible for opera, cool. um, for general public because. know it'd be quite expensive to go to these types of shows it's a it's a different type of uh, mentality than I think Europe has Mm. and it's a lot more accessibility to it all Mm. so I think he was trying to create a space like that and and a much more intimate experience as well Mm. I I think it housed 120 110 uh, people that's awesome and so you know going to my grandparents house uh, growing up was going to a stage and yeah, running around totally. and so that so cool. was, you know, that I was very fortunate to have that be my playground yeah. and so um, from there, yeah, I, I started singing, I think it was in Madame Butterfly when I was five nice. years old and then nice. I kind of did a couple more operas and musicals after that before I really started to take notice to the musicians off stage right, and... Right. Decided I think I want to be over there and not necessarily not the
0: spotlight. Yeah, under yeah. the heat of the light. Right. <laughs> well said. How do you define being in love? I would say <clears throat>
1: It's it's kind of when your thoughts turn off up here mm. and it becomes just a feeling.
0: Nice. Have you have you been in love
1: before? I think I've been. I think I I, I I've been in love with a person, yes, and right. I think I've been in love with um, music. I've been in love yeah. with art. Yeah. I think sure. that it can, you know, it doesn't need to be a, a person necessarily that you can be in love with. Um, I think, yeah, I, I I think it's when all kind of your thoughts, you just sort of go away and it becomes just a, a you know, a, a feeling you can't even control at that yeah, point. Totally. And um, I think it's also just an act of, you know, you're, <laughs> you're kind of putting whatever that thing is beyond anything else right.
0: at that point. Yeah. And I mean clearly you've done that with music, right?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think I could a do a sixteen, eighteen hour day and not be in love with what it is,
0: you know, that's totally. before me in that
1: moment. Because yeah. at four in the morning, if you're if you're still there just trying to figure it out and you're you know, you're just loving that moment, yeah. I think, you know. <laughs> you're a bit either you're a bit crazy or you're a bit in love. <laughs> which is probably the same thing. A bit thing. of both,
0: yeah, yeah. right. Yeah.
1: So. Totally.
0: What is your greatest fear?
1: My greatest fear would be—I mean—I hope this doesn't happen—to wake up one day and not have uh, a certain drive or passion in me to do something. Yeah, for sure. I think that's uh, what what really motivates me to really do anything Mm -hmm. in my life. Is there's a certain passion to want to create something or go somewhere yeah definitely. and see so
0: have you ever been faced with that where you felt like you lost some drive in, <laughs> in any part of your life
1: yes I, I think it's it, it was those moments that you need to just take a step back mm. and go do something else for a quick moment yeah, for um, sure. I, I, I think you know to, to be asked to be creative and Put forth everything you have all the time is a bit of an impossible task, yeah. and I think it's also the only way you're able to do that is also going out and living and seeing the world beyond that. Totally. So, um, I, I've always been a firm believer, and it's important to obviously be in the you know if you want to write music and for music yeah. to be in the studio and do that, but also so much of it is based off your own life experiences, and yes. so you have to be able to go out
0: and see the world, yeah, in order to bring that back into the studio. Absolutely. That's a good point. That's, I think a lot of people might miss that aspect because I mean, I mean, you just said it like it's you, right? in your music, right. you are your music. At the right. end of the day.
1: I think, you know, specifically with uh, scoring for film and television, I think you you get your best results when you're obviously connecting with the thing that's in front of you.
0: Right.
1: And it's... You have, to, you have to be able to you know, have a similar emotion that's happening on the screen or be able to relate to it in some sort of way or be able to imagine what that might be. Right. And you won't have that if all you do is stare at a computer screen. For sure. Or down at a
0: keyboard. Totally. <laughs> so uh, to piggyback on that, um, how you say like travel and sort of see the world, are there some places in the world that you would recommend or some places that you've loved or have really had a profound impact on you? Uh, Japan for
1: sure. Yeah. I'm actually going on Thursday. Nice. Um for the second time. Oh my and God. Awesome. my family's my grandma's from Japan. Oh. Okay. So right I have a bit of that heritage in me. Yeah, and sweet. I would say it was the one place I've ever been to that I actually felt completely lost really? in, in the world. Where yeah. Where I, were you in Japan? I went to Kyoto and Nara. Nice. Uh, the older parts of Japan. And it was it was like time had frozen there and it was just it was so different than anything else I'd ever seen and experienced, yeah. and I, I just absolutely loved that. I, I loved feeling like I was still on this planet, but I was, you know, in my mind, had, nev- had never seen this and never thought totally.
0: this existed. Totally. So,
1: yeah. um, that for sure. And I mean, London's my favorite city. I love the hustle and bustle of that. Yeah, um, yeah. nice. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, especially working on something like Planet Earth, it, it definitely inspired me to want to go out and see you know, these remote parts of the world right. that uh, we, I think we forget about. And I think that what's also, like, you know, <laughs> makes this planet so beautiful. Absolutely. It is. And um, there, there's so much more beauty beyond just concrete. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> that you can get stuck in.
0: Absolutely. Especially in, you know, it's a huge city like L.A. or yeah. even London or, you know, Tokyo, too. Yeah, it is beautiful to step out of that world. For me, people drive me, you know? And so when I travel, I see stuff. But when I meet people, like, that, just... Right. Oh, my God, you know? And I was in Japan briefly for, like, six days. I did um, Osaka and Kyoto. Nice. And Kyoto was, like, I never... Imagined it to be the way it was. I always thought it was going to be this like tiny little place, you know, right. like snow floating up. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and it was it was awesome. It was that in point at points in the temples, right. But it was also this like amazing huge city, right. It just blew me away. Mm-hmm. It's cool. What will you miss the most when
1: you're gone? I mean, I hope I don't have that feeling <laughs> to miss something <laughs> yes. once I'm gone. Sure. Um, but it, it it would just be the people that I call my family around me. Yeah. My, whether it's my immediate family or you know the close friendships that I've been able to make, yeah. those are what you know make living <laughs> worth it.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Uh, check us out at Five Questions Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and in the iTunes Podcast Store. Uh, and check out Josha at JoshuaKlebi Take care.